Hello, and welcome to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101, where we will be discussing the gods and goddesses. Now, we obviously don't have time to go over every single individual deity in detail. That will be done at a later date, but we will go over the general basic information, including the differences between Chthonic and Oranic deities, as well as the difference between patron deities, devotees, and deities to which you've sworn an oath or an oath-bound deity. Now, one of the most important things to remember is that a lot of Hellenic polytheists start out with worshipping the Olympians. However, which of the deities are considered part of the Olympians and which are not is always kind of up for debate. It is usually accepted that there are 12 Olympians. Zeus, Hera, Poseidon, Demeter, Athena, Apollo, Artemis, Ares, Hephaestus, Aphrodite, Hermes, and then either Hestia or Dionysus, or both of them, which makes 13 Olympians. Personally, I tend to include Dionysus instead of Hestia because I really like one of the myths that I read that says that Hestia gave up her place when Dionysus came to claim, came to claim his place and now tends the fire at Olympus' hearth. Each one of these deities has their own realms of influence. Zeus is the king of the gods and reigned over the sky and weather and kings, fate and justice, Xenia and more. He is their ruler and is attended to by a large variety of other deities. Hera, as his wife, is the goddess of marriage, of women, of the sky, and is queen of the heavens. Poseidon is king of the seas, god of the ocean, horses, earthquakes, floods, and drought. Demeter is the goddess of the harvest. Athena is the goddess of wisdom, of war, and of weaving and crafts. Apollo is the god of healing, of prophecy, of music, and of archery. Artemis is the goddess of young women, children, of animals, and of the hunt. Ares is the god of war and courage and bloodlust. Hephaestus is the god of the forge, of fire, and of woodworking. Aphrodite is the goddess of love and beauty and sex. Hestia is the goddess of the hearth and home. Dionysus is the god of wine, festivity, vegetation, the wild forests, the theater, and madness. And Hermes is the god of travel, languages, the marketplace, messengers, thieves, herds, athletics, guide of the dead, and like a hundred other things. <laughs> and of course, every one of the Olympians has a myriad of other domains. You'll notice that several common deities are missing from that list, however. Persephone, Pan, Hades, Eros, Hebe, Nyx, Hecate, Selene, Helios, Iris, Eos, Amphitry, Calliope, Cleo, and many, many others. The Olympians are not even close to the only deities in Hellenic polytheism. Some of them only have one main thing that they are the god or goddess of. For example, Eos, goddess of the dawn, Iris, goddess of the rainbow, Helios, god of the sun. Others have many domains like the Olympians, such as Hades, god of the dead, the underworld, wealth, and king of the underworld, or Persephone, previously known as Cora, who is goddess of the spring and also queen of the underworld. We also have Eris, god of dis goddess of discord and strife, and we have Eros, god of love and sexual desire. 
No Hellenic polytheistic practice would be complete if the worshipper only focused on the Olympians. Also, among the list of deities, we have deities that are in their own individual groups. The Muses, the Fates, the Furies, and the Ori. All of these are groups of deities that have their own realm of influence, both as a group and on their own. The Muses are deities of inspiration in the arts. Calliope is the muse of epic poetry. Think the Iliad. Cleo is the muse of history. Erato is the muse of love poetry. Think Sappho. Euterp is the god or is the muse of music. Melpomene is the muse of tragedy. Polyhymnia is the muse of sacred poetry. And Terpsichore is the muse of dance. Thalia is the muse of comedy. And Urania is the muse of astronomy. Each one has their own role. And as a whole, the muses are goddess of song, dance, knowledge, and inspiration. And then we have the Moira, or fates. And those are the deities which are controlled with, they control the destiny, the fate of each individual. Clotho spins the thread of life. Lachesis measures it. Atropos is the one who cuts it where it ought to be cut. In fact, Zeus, in his role as one of the gods of fate, was not included in the fates as a whole, but could change the destiny of a man by interfering, and the Moira respected his decisions. Each of the fate had their own realm of control, but together they make up the fates, those whose control is over the destiny of each living being. We also have the Furies, the goddesses of vengeance and retribution. They punished those who had committed crimes against the natural order. Think homicide, offenses against the gods, things you could call for uh, divine retribution against. Megara, Electo, and Tisiphone are their names. Each one was called upon individually and together for divine retribution onto criminals. Hell, they could even punish whole cities for harboring criminals. And finally, we have the Hore, the hours of the day and of the seasons. Now, these are two separate groups known by the same name. In the first group, we have Ammonia of good order and good pasture, Irony of peace and of spring, and Dyke of justice who combined represented the conditions needed to bring about a good harvest. And if justice seems like an unusual choice for this group, remember that the Furies can cause cities to be blighted for breaking natural laws. It was kind of accepted as fact that good harvest was a reward for righteous behavior, and droughts and poor harvest were a punishment. The second set of the Ori were for the hours of the day. Ag of daybreak, Anatoly of rising, Musica of music, Gymnastica of athletics, Nympha of bath, Mesembria of midday, Sponde of libations, Elede of grinding and prayers, Acti of mealtimes, Hesperius of the evening, Dysus of sunset, and finally Arctus of the nighttime when the constellation Ursa was riding through the sky. They were also the attendants of Aphrodite, in addition to being responsible for their own little parts of the day. Now, in addition to the gods and goddesses, there were several titans that were worshipped as well. Themis, the titan of divine law and natural order, who helped counsel Zeus. Atlas, who was said to hold the world on his shoulders. Prometheus, the titan who brought fire to mankind and his brother who helped create animals. And while several of the titans were cast into Tartarus at the end of the war with the Olympians, 
Some of them had remained neutral or fought with the gods, and thus were given a place of honor. Helios, for instance, fought with Zeus and was rewarded as being god of the sun, who rode through the air with his fiery chariot. Several of them are worshipped by Hellenic polytheists, honored right alongside the gods and goddesses. And finally, we have another division in deities and the types of deities there are. Jethonic and Uranic deities. Simply put, Jethonic deities are the deities of the underworld. Hades, Persephone, Chiron, all of these would be considered Jethonic deities. And some deities, like Hermes, get thrown into that group as well when they enter their role that has to deal with the underworld. Hermes, as messenger of the gods who rides in the heavens, not Jethonic deity. Hermes, as guide of the dead who ferry souls to the underworld, definitely a Jethonic deity. Uranic deities are those in the heavens, most notably the Olympians. Zeus, Hera, Aphrodite, Iris, all of these would be considered Uranic deities. And just like the Chthonic deities, sometimes a god who is performing under their role as a Chthonic deity can be classified as Uranic when they switch roles. In the example before, Hermes as a messenger would be considered Uranic. Worship of the Chthonic and Uranic deities kind of varies. For Uranic deities, usually incest is burned. Offerings are sent towards the heavens. For Chthonic deities, offerings are set on the ground, buried as opposed to burnt. For those deities that switch roles and therefore switch between Chthonic and Uranic, <coughs> offerings are given in accordance to their role. Using the Hermes example from above, if you are praying for your loved one to have safe passage to the underworld, offerings would be set on the ground or buried. If you are praying for a sign, a message from the gods, incense would be offered or food burnt. Now, I finally want to touch on what exactly a patron deity is. <coughs> and the difference between a patron, a devotee, and an oath-bound deity. Far too often, I've seen people mix those. <coughs> in fact, I think we've all seen that every once in a while. <sighs> Now, it's never a good thing to mix those things up. To start, a patron deity is the deity of your professional job. That would be considered your patron. Are you a mechanic? Congratulations, Hephaestus would be your patron. Are you a teacher? Athena is calling your name, possibly along with Artemis if you work with young kids. Are you a chef? Try working with Hestia. A judge or a lawyer? Zeus. Do you travel a lot? That's going to be on Hermes. A patron deity is the deity that is over your professional field. Hades is not your patron deity if you work in the kitchen of a restaurant. Now, that does not mean you cannot be a devotee of Hades. A devotee is someone who is devoted wholly to that deity, but has not yet taken an oath binding them to said deity. In my life, I am a deity of or a devotee of, among other deities, Hestia. This is where acts of devotion can come into play. As a parent who runs my household, Hestia is someone I call on regularly, and who I make offerings to on an almost daily basis. However, I am not oath-bound to her. A deity to which you are oath-bound is a serious undertaking. 
In ancient Greeks, oaths were sacred. Being an oath-breaker was among the worst thing a person could be. The Furies exacted vengeance on those who broke the oath of the court and committed perjury. When you bind yourself to a god with an oath, it is a lifetime of work. Do not do so unless you are prepared for a lifetime of worship of that specific deity, or unless you are prepared for the consequences that come from making your oath. It's a lot, I know. For many beginners in Hellenic polytheism, one of the most common questions I see asked is, where do I start? When you look at lists of the Theoi and realize that it's several pages long, it can feel overwhelming. And it can be a daunting thing to face, and it often leads people wondering where to begin. The list is long, the rules can seem complicated, and there are a lot of places where mistakes seem inevitable. One of the best places to start it at is, what drew you to the worship? So many people I've spoken to have said that it was the call of a certain deity that brought them to Hellenic polytheism. For some, it's Ares. For others, it's Aphrodite. For me, it was Hermes. Start with research. Start with a simple prayer. Start with an altar setup. There are plenty of places that you are able to start, but it's important to start. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Hellenic Polytheism 101 where we did a brief overview of the deities in our practice. I want to apologize for the coughing and the rough recording of this and how late it is getting out. I've spent pretty much this whole week with a very terrible cold. <coughs> and I was, it actually took a lot of work for me to sit down and record this. While most of this episode was written several weeks ago, recording it took time. I had to make sure that I could speak, that what I was saying would be understood, and that it wouldn't be punctuated every two minutes by a coughing fit. For all that I can pause and edit, there's a limit to my editing abilities, and I really didn't want to have to be pausing this every two minutes. So, I apologize for the roughness of this one. Now, as always, you can find a transcript of this podcast on my Tumblr at goddessdoeswitchery.tumblr.com, along with links to the sources used. In this episode, I used the theoi.com, thegreekgods.org, and Mythology of the Greeks, Legends Anterior to and Contemporary with the Trojan War by George Grote. On December 13th, I will be discussing hymns, epithets, and prayers, so tune into that episode. By then, I sincerely doubt that I will be as sick as I am this week, and things should be a lot easier, so it'll be a lot less rough. If you have any questions, please look me up on goddessdoeswitchery.tumblr.com, and I look forward to seeing you all on December 13th. Thank you. Thank you.